the happiness formula for me is happiness equals reality over expectation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes so. the most powerful thing you can hear, other than that sucks, I'm sorry, is someone saying, I've been there. I understand. You're not crazy. Activate your energy. Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast. My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is... Samantha Frost, that's me. Hello. Hello, Samantha. What's rocking? Oh. Not fan of Samantha? No. Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things that, like, I feel it should be on things and, like, in a professional capacity, be introduced as that. But I hate being called Samantha, because that's uh, what I used to get called when I was in trouble. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Damn. I, I feel like I feel like you already knew this and you did it purposely to antagonize me. I actually forgot in that moment. So Wow. I know. So I am the forgettable Samantha Frost. I'm all right. A bit tired. But other than that, good. I'm enjoying uh Flash Fiction February. Yeah. 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 Tell us how it's going from your side of things. It's good. I don't remember what time is. I'm exhausted. I've made very many things. It's nice to see people getting involved, but I'm currently exhausted. Please don't take my tiredness for lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just very, very tired. Yeah, it is the 2nd of February as of recording, and we have well over 100 authors involved in writing stories and submitting some stuff. And like, Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, like it's so nice seeing people get involved in this kind of stuff and just mm -hmm. you know, behind like one central cause like there's just a real buzz in, yeah like in the slack community we've got in the facebook community like there's a lot of just chatter and people you know putting in the time and making it happen and a few people that to be honest i didn't expect to get involved but i'm very very thankful to be involved some people that i've known for a fair few years have, have jumped in and uh, oh that's cool yeah it's kind of fun to see and yeah i mean a lot of the hard work of the videos and the prompts and stuff is your domain so enjoy february sam yeah well i mean like i feel I feel what we've done actually really well with this is that we've both fully leaned into our strengths. Yes. Like you are a whiz at websites and design and like all of that kind of stuff. Whereas if it was up to me to like make the page, not that it would, why would it be? But if it was, it would just be like a picture of a bit of paper that said like, want to join? Mm. <laughs> um do yeah. words right do words do, do words in a flash Ta -da! Uh -huh. <laughs> um, no but i it's it's been really nice to kind of um work with you on on this it's been mm -hmm. lovely but yes i am exhausted i'm exhausted i've got to stop coming up with ideas it's dangerous mm -hmm. yeah i know it's not going to happen though no absolutely not long may they live um <laughs> For me, I think much of the same with Flash Fiction February stuff. That's all going on. Um, I wrapped up the edits of my first novella that I've written in quite a while, which is quite nice, which, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, 
I don't know. It's a weird journey of this one because I bought in in last week's episode. I might have mentioned that uh, I bought a pre-made cover, and that was kind of the incentive yeah. for me to write this story. Like I was just browsing through pre-made book cover websites, um, and came across this one, and I was just like, oh, I really like the style and tone and everything else. And that set in motion a story which I have thus written, which has thus changed the story that was originally intended, and now it's a totally different thing. So um it's got all different cover art it's like just it's it's a weird one because it's been a while since i've literally just written selfish is the wrong word but a very sort of self-indulgent story like it's um very very metaphysical it's very purple it's very dense like i I play a lot in it with language which is something i love to do which you can't always do in very commercial fiction Mm -hmm. um and there is a big chunk of um self personal circumstance kind of laced within the pages and kind of uh has motivated the story so it's 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 been an experience writing it because it is very the first draft particularly was very very raw um Mm -hmm. and i won't i won't say much if people want to get it they, they can read it when it comes out um but it was very very hard to write in places and even going back in edits there's certain points where like as i'm reading it like i'm feeling the emotion mm-hmm. and like i've given it to a, like a, a very select few readers at the minute um i know you, obviously you read the first round of it yeah and um, i've given it to a select few readers of horror at the minute just to get their feedback on it before i start really pushing it to to wider and, and seeing what i do with it because mm-hmm. i also i really really want to explore um I, I don't count it as traditional publishing if I'm not going to like the big five houses. Like I'd like to get this book published through a horror publishing house. Mm-hmm. Um, and often a lot of those are smaller operations, unless you're looking at like things like flame tree press or, or cemetery dance. Um, so I'm exploring some of the submission process and just seeing what's out there at the minute. Cause I'm going to potentially submit that. Um, and if it doesn't do anything, then I'll, I'll self publish it. Cause I'm, I'm still very, very proud of it. It's, uh, yeah. It's, gorgeous and haunting and deeply disturbing and you should be very proud of it i really am i really am um so we'll see what happens with it but yes yeah, so I, I i wrapped that up um and flash fiction february and all the things this week you are you are tired i'm exhausted i really have not slept uh, very well at all since birth <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically yeah 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 but in in particular since what day it's thursday today so probably since like last thursday i've had very broken sleep lots of nightmares and stuff so yeah it does suck and i am tired but i'm here yeah 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 (laughs) um and what is your key takeaway for this week my key takeaway is that i'm too tired to remember yeah that's my key takeaway my key takeaway is that Time has gone so fast and also slow. We're on the and 2nd of February. I don't know what things are. Uh, and I'm very tired. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm very proud of myself for like pulling this off. The Himmelpool Dwarf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of myself actually for the amount of work that like I've managed to nail in such a short amount of time I wouldn't recommend doing this all the time because my god but it's kind of like um in nano you know you yes burn yourself to to get through it um as like a challenge knowing that there's an end line and that this isn't normal and mm-hmm. that it's just like you know it's one of those things like you push yourself and then from that you gain 
almost like little level ups in areas that you take forward with you. Um, and I feel like f- for me, this has been that kind of experience. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed it because um, I like pushing myself. Mm-hmm. But I have to be careful. Otherwise, that's all I do. And then I burn out. I think I'm going to sneeze. Oh, exciting. I know. Everyone I'm trying to, trying to. I mean, you won't hear it if it happens. I'll mute it. So I don't blow my mic out. I feel like you've set it up now. We need to have it. Well, if you want to. I oh, know it's gone. I've said I'm going to sneeze. It's, it's, it's dissipating. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Activated Authors Podcast, where we talk about writing and if Sam's going to sneeze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you're saying about obviously like these sort of periods of, of let's call it blazing candle burning. Mm. Um, but I, I do think they're healthy. I think they're part of the process. And I think one of um, the things I've come to realize over the years is like, we believe that productivity is that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's really not like there are the ups, Ooh. there are the downs, like, and you know, if you can work in and learn what your kind of patterns are, engage your own energy levels, you can kind of accommodate for those sort of surges that you have versus um, the slumps. And like, I know that yeah. myself, like I'll, I'll have days where I'm just like on it. And I, when I'm in that zone, I'm like, I'm just going to do all the things. Um, and then on the days I'm not like today, to be fair, I've taken it like considerably easier just because yesterday was a very sort of intense focus day. Yeah. Um, but there is also a lot of science without getting too deeply into this about um, hormonal cycles between male and female um, DNA and how that can affect things. Um, and obviously, like a lot of the research, a lot of the quote common wisdom that's out there is based on male genetics. Because Obviously, that's, you know, it's always been male scientists previously. Mm-hmm. So there is, I cannot remember the name of the book. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But there is a book that came out um, from a female researcher all about the different uh, hormonal phases of of women's biology and how that can kind of, if you can capitalize on that, it helps you become, um, or you, you can be more productive in that way. Um, nice. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Like I, I heard her on a podcast and like it was just absolutely fascinating, obviously from a very male perspective to kind of go like, oh yeah, all research pretty much has led, been led by males. So White males. White males, yes. White us. straight males. <laughs> <laughs> you mother... Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, me. I am all white straight males. I knew it. <laughs> I've got more... I've got a skeleton to pick with you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, You're the monolith. We're going to have words. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, my my key takeaway... I, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, I think... Um, so, to set this up for context... Uh, I have been made aware of a musician, an artist, if you will, <laughs> called Ren, R-E-N. Um, and Luke suggested him to me because I tend the to like sort of the goat. <laughs> That's just the thing. Yeah. Um, I tend to, <laughs> I tend to uh, appreciate guitar. I tend to appreciate like songs that tell a narrative or have some kind of meaning to them. Um, baby, baby. No, not that kind of shit. Oh. Um, no, mate. No, mate. Uh, that's about birth. Um, <laughs> but um, no, this this Ren, I started listening to his stuff and he's got some really cool, almost like modern London style folk tales, which is just awesome. And then he released a song about three weeks ago, which is 10 minutes long. And I've, I've listened to it nonstop. And he's one of these people, and I was saying this to you before we were recording, like, he's one of these people that the further I dig into him, just the more I, respect I have for him because yeah. he's clearly beyond talented with um or skilled i should say with his music and he knows how to carve a guitar like it is insane but his songs have narrative structure as well as like 
poetic genius mm-hmm. on top of the fact that he can use the guitar to help build the story and just experiments and plays and it's so like he's independent through and through like he doesn't have a record label um most of his most of his songs had like a few hundred thousand downloads and this latest one's gone to like four million in three weeks wow um and like you'll 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 see why um i love that you'll see why because dan's already informed me that like i'm getting an in yeah i'm getting an in details history (laughs) but like soon but it's just one of those reminders for me on a very very deep level of how you have to be yourself if you're gonna like present yourself if you're gonna build a business around anything it has to be you like Mm -hmm. it has to come from a core place of who you are and what you can offer and this sort of i guess in the beginning this very sort of optimistic confidence that people appreciate what it is you have to say and like uh, I mean, again, if you don't mind me kind of like bringing this up, but obviously when we first started working together, mm-hmm. like one of the very first things that we did was, you know, work out who you were yeah. so that you could create art in a way that syncs with your life circumstances, who you are, the kind of stuff you want to build and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a guy who is just a gleaming example of that mixed with like skill and talent and practice and everything else. And um like I was, I've been listening to him nonstop, and then this morning I was, I went off on a run because, like, in all honesty, I've had a very bad sort of mental health week. Mm. Um, and I was like, you know, I know that runs do help me, so like running, not the runs, um, depending what you <laughs> gastric stress is. Um, but like, I went for a run, and then was listening to uh, Stephen Bartlett's, um, who's the host of the Diary of a CEO. He's got a book, mm-hmm. Happy Sexy Millionaire. I was listening to that and big part of that's talking all about like being true to who you are and accepting like who you are and and life and stuff. And I think like, it's such a shame that it takes so long to break us out of all that we've been molded. Um, and finally Mm. accept like what the real life is because like when everything's stripped away, when all of this podcast, when all of like everything is stripped away, like what is it that's left and what's left is you and what's left is the people that you love and the people that you've impacted. Um, so how can you, you know, focus on that rather than like the other superficial shit? Um, yeah, so mini mini bit of a rant i didn't expect to go on but suffice to say like I love it. yeah i guess like you know honestly transparency and really trying to cut mm-hmm. through to the core of who you are is huge and you know something that we highly encourage all of our activated authors to do yeah because there's so much advice out there that is this is the one way to do something this is the only way to do something if you do this like it guarantees success it's just it's just bullshit like there isn't anytime anyone says do these three things and you will get <laughs> like it's bullshit because they either don't go deep enough or they're not taking everything into account. Yeah. Unless it's, unless it's saying something like to breathe, breathe in, <laughs> hold for one and breathe out. Yeah. Like, and still there's different breathing techniques, but yeah, for the most part, like three steps to success really. Yeah. yeah. Three steps. Is that it? Cool. That's all you need. Like, Step I, don't one. They, I don't know why they didn't teach you this at school. If there's only three. Oh God. Number oh. seven will amaze you. <laughs> You'll never guess what this dolphin did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh god that's so weird my son's homework um this week for like computing has been about um how to spot and avoid clickbait I love um it. yeah and about critical like it was literally all around critical thinking and we had to go through um like he learned about echo chambers like social mm. media echo chambers and all those things um it was really oh, this makes me like beyond happy because obviously yeah. i measure to know if like i've said this to people for ages like this needs to be in schools yeah because i was explaining to um sorry this is uh, a little bit of a tangent um oh, yeah. and you know I'm, I'm happy to edit it out if it goes on too long um, <laughs> <laughs> uh 
but I was explaining to him um, because they go into like it's you know it's easy and comfortable to follow people that like the things you like and do the things that you do but if you want a true reflection on what's going on in the world you need to follow different people as well um that you know that you can tolerate obviously it's not saying follow a load of people that you like make you feel queasy Mm -hmm. but like if you are for example um extremely left on the spectrum it would do you well to follow some people that are like Mm -hmm. moderate to right that you that that you can respect as a person because then you know the algorithms are just trained to feed you what you like yes so if you only say this thing you could miss out on so much other stuff that's going on and that's how a lot of the time because politicians play these systems against us so that we miss shit um and it was really interesting because he you know he he was kind of taken through all of this and he had to fact check an article and understand like when he was reading kind of what was hyperbole and what was factual and oh I love it yeah it was really yeah. it's really interesting it's really interesting yeah I mean I so without getting too deeply into political discussion I count myself as somewhat moderately left um on certain things like it depends what the topic is and again like without diving all deep into that because that's not this kind of show um but what i have managed to train youtube to do in its shorts is to show me very very right-wing talking points mm-hmm. discussions and shows and yeah. it's that thing of like you have to remember that like when we're online everything on the other side feels like some kind of like robot or something that is just wrong like yeah it's not with you that like, they're totally wrong but you gotta remember these are people and these people have reasons why they think that thing and yeah. whether or not it is you know misinformed or like you know they might be right in some ways because of like how that situation fits into their lives and things mm-hmm. um it, it's fascinating to dive down that rabbit hole and actually look at other things and um <laughs> i always tell the story of like the fact i lost a friend uh, after uni oh mein Kampf. yeah i posted up um, a picture of me reading mein Kampf, and for people who are unaware uh, mein Kampf is essentially the book written by hitler on mm-hmm. his thoughts and things and the reason i read it um I, i'm waiting for people to like isolate that part of the podcast <laughs> the reason the reason that i read it was i was doing a reading challenge and one of the the challenges was like read a banned book mm-hmm. and it was always one of those things i so i at university did uh, or started to do a dissertation on um the similarities between tolkien's urukai and the idea of nietzsche's ubermensch which is uh-huh. influenced hitler to go for the ideal aryan race um and the reason i read the book was I wanted to know how you can come to that conclusion, how you can like fall down that rabbit hole. And like, you know, it's understanding someone doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Absolutely not. And reading through this book, like I don't agree with it, but there's a narrative and it grows in increments and it gets him to where he did like these atrocious, atrocious things. I've realized, yes, I've realized I was pointing with my hand in a far off way that looked as if. Yeah, yeah, because we couldn't see. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, the top of my hand. It was yeah, like... that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. <laughs> but like, you you get the understanding. You don't have to agree with them. Like, it's it's always incremental rises that you know create these vast chasms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah because like... if it started off as, um, you know, I think that this is the ideal person, and we should kill all the Jewish people, there'd be very few people that would get on board with that, rightfully yeah. so. But it's yeah. it's the frog in boiling water analogy. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, you start it off cold and then you slowly bring the temperature up and really. you take people with you. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, and yeah, I lost a friend because of that, because they commented on the picture and was just like, that's disgusting. I can't believe you've read that shit. And I was like, like before I'd even have a chance to be like, 
well, I don't like believe it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> read it because I'm like, this guy's got it. some good ideas. Yeah, I think it's um, it was either uh, Stephen Fry or Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about deliberately like getting a load of books on things that they disagree with, just to understand because only in context can you then you know move mm -hmm. improve in a way that works for for people. Like yeah. we have to we have to work with people all for our lives. So like it's not always going to be people that you agree with. And hey, as writers as well, like if you want to be Hell able to yes. understand what like, you know, motivates yes. an entire spectrum of people, if you don't just want to be writing a cast of slight variations of you and then like one vaudevillian um, enemy, yep. you, you should write a villain, things. read Mein Kampf. <laughs> That's going in a reel. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, oh. I do think I do think it's true, and I actually I used you as an example with Mars yesterday about the fact that you purposely follow these things so that you can get a more rounded view of where we are as a society. There's a reason why, like you know, when Brexit happened and Trump got elected, I was shocked both times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you have to come from a place of understanding. You have to come from a place of empathy before you can in any way ever begin to influence or. Um, change is definitely the wrong words, but sort of influence or try to, you know, educate people on your perspective. Mm -hmm. And then how they respond to that, anything they do is up to them. Um, we've gone we've gone quite deep on this yeah. uh, stuff. <laughs> so let's go into something lighter. I mean, <laughs> apart, apart from like, yeah, anyhow, uh, weekly wins. So wins from the community. Um, this week, we are celebrating the wonderful one and only Jeff Adams. Hey, love bit, Jeff. I uh, love Jeff. Jeff's win is just that he uh, his upcoming book content for everyone, which is all about accessibility and how you can reach everyone with your mm -hmm. content um, is moving ahead as planned and is getting ready for a March the 1st release. So don't tie oh, yeah, us to that awesome. as a release date because we don't 100% know that at this point, but we do mm -hmm. just want to you know celebrate stuff that people are doing. So well done, Jeff. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that and, makes me happy. And another small one that I can't say too much about because it's not really a huge public one, but just fate, if you listen to this, Congrats. Oh. We fucking love you. Yeah, we do. So we do love you so much. There we go. Ah, oh, well, kind of an unintentional time. Um <laughs> what's the topic for this week, Sam? The topic is writing. It's writing, isn't it? Not creating. Yes. My brain always says creating. Yeah. It's writing with chronic illness. So we're gonna talk around that because me and Dan both have chronic illnesses. Um and Dan's is, you know, a lot more well, I just had a podcast. Yeah, dance is a lot more physical in nature. Uh, mine's a lot more mental, but we both have um, obstacles that we have to navigate um, in one way or another to actually write and create anything. Um, so I thought that this would be a really helpful topic because we are certainly not uh, a vacuum. We're alone in the fact, you know, everyone has shit, whether it is like all the time or pops up every now and again whether it's family or health or you know friends mm -hmm. relationships whatever it is we all have obstacles that we have to um navigate like I say and I think it is important as people first and as creatives to be able to look at that and acknowledge that that's there because trying to hide from stuff or like say isn't there is how like things get infinitely worse yeah. I've had a few um breakdowns in my time and each one of them has come from me trying to act like I'm normal mm -hmm. like that my brain isn't neurodivergent that I'm not um in any way handicapped by 
how my brain works and my trauma and my mental illness and all that kind of stuff. And it's only been in the last few years since I've started to accept like really at a fundamental level that there is nothing wrong with needing different things and other people to live a life that I deem for myself, not only worth living, but fulfilling and of service to other people mm-hmm. that I've actually started to make real progress um and you know like being able to know that even on those really horrific dark days and I still get them I still get lots of them I know that like for example there's a support system there for me I know that I've been there before Mm -hmm. like it's a horrible hole but you know I've been there and I've left myself like graffiti on the walls and and all that kind of stuff to to remind me that like it's shit in here but we do get out so just you know it's okay um yeah, so that was a bit of a uh, a little bit uh, of a monologue from me there. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I think before before we dive sort of into you know what this looks like, practical things that people can do. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, just a fair warning that some of this you know might be a bit difficult to hear for certain people, mm-hmm. who are maybe a bit more um, sensitive to some of this kind of conversation. Like if this is raw, if this kind of like affects you in some way, yeah. um, just bear in mind that you know we're going to be fairly open and honest in this um, conversation. Um, and also, I suppose, I, oh, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, I will, if if we dive, especially um, when it comes to some of the stuff that goes on with me, um, I will put trigger warnings in the in the show notes. So um, if you're listening right now and you're not sure, um, just pause it and go, go check the show notes if you haven't seen them yet, just to see kind of what the discussion is about. Yeah. Um, I might put timestamps on this one as well, just so if people want to listen to certain bits and, and uh-huh. you know, just because, like you say, it might yeah. get a bit deep. All good. Um, and the second thing I think we should do is probably just um, do, a, I, I know this is difficult, uh, a very sort of brief overview on what uh, it is that we're mm. each going, like tackling at different points. So yeah. um, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. So for me, it is... I would say 95% to do with my mental health, um, my mental ill health, depending on the day. So I have something called CPTSD, which is like PTSD, uh, but it is complex, which means that the trauma I went through was not from one source. So PTSD in itself, post-traumatic stress disorder, is often um, attributed to soldiers, Um And, you know, I've had a lot of that in my life, but you, you've never been in the army. You've never been to war. And it's like trauma is number one. Trauma isn't decided by our brains. We're not like that was traumatic. Well, I mean, it absolutely is decided by our brains, but by our subconscious brains, not our conscious brains. Yeah. Um, So like the smallest things can actually be extremely triggering for people and, and traumatize them um, depending on life circumstances, kind of your core views and values and all, all that kind of thing. Can I very, um, just, just what it's in my head, very, very quickly, yeah. very, very sorry. Um, just a note for people that obviously we're not medical professionals. Oh, so, God, no. So <laughs> don't count what is said in this episode as advice. Like, this is our experiences. Yes. But if it relates to you, do seek medical professional help. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so a lot of the time with PTSD, it is um, around one specific, like, huge trauma. Um, so, like, for example, it might be like a car crash or the loss, the sudden loss of a loved one. But CPTSD is around um, pervasive and consistent trauma. Um, so 
for me, for example, um, it was to do with the fact that I was um, abused and neglected consistently for years as a child. Um, and then I've had things um, like assaults and all that kind of thing as I was growing up that have compounded onto that as well. So it's not as simple as kind of going back to that day where that car crash happened or, or something like that, because it, it's and, and it's fundamentally changed my brain. Like, because I was so young, it fundamentally, like, changed my brain chemistry. Um, so CPTSD, and then um, I have something called, um, hold, hold on a second, because I went, to, it's it's more widely known as BPD, but it, it's very stigmatized for some reason. Uh, BPD stands for Borderline Personality Disorder. Um, not, to, it's not a split personality thing, which is what I thought it was when I was diagnosed with it. And I was like, what? I'm pretty sure that I don't have that um, because of the whole borderline thing, but it's borderline between um, bipolar and something else. And I can't remember, but um, it's been kind of uh, rebranded as um, emotional intensity personality disorder, which I think describes it a lot better. Um, my emotions are always dialed up to like an 11. So I I have very strong emotional reactions um, to kind of anything. Um, and it's 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 very difficult to live with because what most people might just get a little bit annoyed about and can brush off can literally write off an entire day for me. Um, it also, I think part of the reason it, it can get a bad rap is that a lot of the time people say uh, people with BPD or um, EI, PD um, or EID, emotional intensity disorder, um, is we get labeled as manipulative um, because our emotions are so big. Um, what can happen is, for example, if you're upset about something, um, you are incredibly upset. And until you've learned to kind of um, in your brain sit outside of the situation as well as in it and understand that like feelings aren't facts and that what you're feeling is your illness and the situation it's not saying that none of your emotions are valid it's just because they're so much bigger you there's so much work that goes into it and it's exhausting um honestly um I mean, you've been witness to it a few times where I'm just like, I just need a second because I have to I have to just completely like check out physically yep. and just go into my brain and be like, right, what happened? Who is the person in me with this situation? Like, do I know them? So, for example, like in meetings and things before, like in my head, I'm like, I know Dan. I know the places that he's coming from. And I know that actually, if I can be this person that stands outside of the situation as well, I can say, oh, okay. So he said this, and I heard my dad saying like, you're not good enough. And that's what's triggered this, not him. Mm -hmm. And so then I can communicate that now and say, okay, this is why this happened. Um, I might need a couple of minutes just to like calm down. Um, but it takes a long time to get there. So until you do, and especially if you're undiagnosed, it can come across as very manipulative because it's like you're trying to use your emotions to get someone to stop doing something yeah. or get them. And I think that's probably where a lot of the mm -hmm. bad raps come from. I also suffer with anxiety and um, depression and um, stress and insomnia. 
and uh, body dysmorphia. And I think that's about everything. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just basically like, you know, it's difficult to sleep. It's it's it can be difficult to wake up. It's difficult to look in the mirror. It's difficult to <laughs> have conversations and meaningful relationships with people. It's difficult to see the point in things um, just generally. What about yeah. you, Dan? Well, to be honest, I thought we were going to be talking about chronic health conditions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like genuinely appreciate you sharing that. And I will say that as well. So I've been reading that Stolen Focus book. Um, mm-hmm. I, I cannot remember the guy's name. Uh, I, jo- think, I always think that's so hilarious. Johan Harry, I think I believe it is. Um, I'm presuming it's a guy. It might not be. Um, pretty sure it is. Anyhow. Um, and to be honest, like there's a big section on that that goes into, and I didn't expect it to come from this book, but it, it went into um, the latest research and explorations of like ADHD and stuff and sort of attention deficit conditions mm-hmm. and how they basically determined over the last couple of decades that a lot of attention disorders come from traumatic experiences as children. And the metaphor that they used, which mm-hmm. really, really spoke to me, was like, imagine you're at home, you're safe, you've got your parents around and everything, and how easy that is to sit down, write, play games, whatever it is. Now imagine that on Friday, a bear is standing at the doorway of your room and is about to come at you, and you've immediately got to go into defensive mode. So Mm -hmm. your body in that moment shuts down from anything outside of survival and just needs to be sat there. Well, not sat there. Don't sit there if a bear's attacking you. Um, But like that is that is your biological response is to go like none of this matters except me doing something to focus to survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously that's you know if you then go weeks and that doesn't happen again that kind of eases off. But if you've got that happening at random points three times a week and you know it's going to happen three times a week but you don't know never relax. How can you focus on a a thing? And they kind of say that's where a lot of like ADHD stuff comes from. And again, I'm not a medical professional, Um, but like I just that really like helped illustrate to me what that is. and even like right now in my personal um, circumstances, I've got lots of things going on, which is making it very difficult to focus on work yes. because I have to really be aware of other things and it's pulling my attention in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, so my, uh, my main sort of very, very physical condition, which I made no secret of on here is like just a chronic pain in my fingers, in my palm. Um, it started to like spread down my forearm on one of the arms. Um, and it's something that I am seeing medical professionals about and, Finally, after two years, you know, oh, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. for the th- it took two years to sit down with a person who actually looked at and flexed and tested and your physical hands. Yeah, like take ibuprofen, said a guy over the phone. I was like, well, how long for? Because you can't take it for like extended durations because it's bad for you. Well, mm. no, don't take it forever. The cool. Like I still got the pain, <laughs> um, and it and it has really and you know I some of it. I definitely would say self-inflicted. I write, I wrote a lot in mm-hmm. like over the last few years. Um, but I've eased off the throttle a lot. Like I've had to pull back from the amount of writing I was doing. I've had to find alternative means to, you know, read books without holding a book, like um, video games and stuff. I've had to cut back from, I play a lot of guitar. I've had to cut back from a lot of that. So like <clears throat> my actual, like even now, like my, my, my fingers are really hurting. Like my thumb is really hurting at the minute when I bend it. Um, there's a, guess at the minute that it could be both carpal tunnel and what they call a cubital tunnel which is like mm-hmm. based on the ulnar nerve which is kind of like that big one that runs up your arm um so i might be lucky enough to have both of those conditions in both hands and mm. to which i've got i've got tests coming up but suffice to say it's very very difficult uh, at times to write and to get to the keyboard because i've just got to like 
take a break or flex or whatever. Um, and then the other, the other one is like, I've definitely, you know, been in depression a few times like at the minute i believe i'm kind of flirting definitely i'm either flirting with or i'm dancing with depression um Mm -hmm. over a few again like a lot of things in my personal life um and i'm very very good at presenting strong and especially on stuff like this like i can i can bring it i can bring like the dan that i need to be Mm -hmm. um obviously that's kind of why we brought this kind of episode just to to yeah because like again like honesty transparency like it, it is where we are um, and one of the things that happens to me in depressive episodes is I disassociate. And yes. there have been certain moments in my life, um, quite a few to be fair, like where big changes have occurred. And they don't even have to be like, you know, physically traumatic or whatever. But for no. example, when I moved um, from my childhood town in Essex and moved to a, a new house where I was 16, I'd just finished school, um, like miles away from all the friends I'd known or like the life I'd known, there's a good, I don't know, two, three months there where I don't really remember anything. Mm-hmm. Um, when my first girlfriend broke up with me, I don't remember anything around how she broke up with me or anything for like th- three weeks around that period. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's obviously some kind of, you know, self coping mechanism that I have. Yeah, it is your, your brain protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's something that like, you know, you can't, you can't run away from like, you know, as I say at the minute, I'm very much kind of in that zone of like leaking in either fully in, I'm not sure yet of like, dealing with depression, which makes my energy levels lower, which makes getting up in the morning yeah. harder, like just makes just attention and focus and interest um, mm-hmm. wane. So like, I'm very, again, like I'm very good over the years of knowing what needs to be done at the core. And then once I meet that minimum, like what happens after then depends on the day. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the base point of where we're, where we're beginning from. So um, I, I've put a few notes of like, Mm-hmm. things to touch on where to start and so i guess what would be your first bit of advice for someone who is suffering with chronic um illness and wanting to write and push forward with their writing career okay i think the first thing um that you need to realize is that you absolutely can have a life that is fulfilling and um fun and worthwhile and meaningful and all of the things that you know we like to daydream about all of that is still possible for you it just might look slightly different you just might need different things to help with that um but then I would say like the first place to start really um and it sucks that the world is on fire and medical services are very difficult right now but the first place to start is if you haven't yet is to go speak to a medical professional um and you know for i'm going to speak from a place of um mental health and mental illness because that's i mean i'm certainly an expertise in my uh, an expertise an expert in my own now um the first the first place to start is to say this isn't good like this doesn't feel right i don't I don't feel like there's much point because especially with depression, which is very common, um, people often think it's sadness and it's not, it's a complete, I mean, obviously there is sadness, there can be sadness in there, but it's not feeling sad all the time. It's feeling numb. And what's the point? And like, you can, you can still, if you are someone that is high functioning, which I would argue you are, I know I am, um, 
that means that you can still do things relatively while you're like suffering with depression you can still like for me I can still look after my kid I can you know still make sure that he goes to school and that he's done his homework and all the rest of it but there is just an underlying void beneath it Mm -hmm. and that isn't how we should feel and I don't mean like should in you know a shame way so if if you're noticing things like that if if like with anxiety for example you know you can get like tight chest it affects your your digestive system you get a lot of headaches it can be sweat like lots of sweats muscle tension I mean panic attacks are very um easy to spot they can feel like you're dying um and they're like the most kind of dramatic outward examples of anxiety but it can just be that general unease at all times if you're starting to feel things like this the first place really to go is go to speak to your doctor um and i am very aware um at the moment in the uk especially that it's almost impossible to get a doctor's appointment um i think sometimes it would be easier to win the lottery so what i would suggest is look at charities so for example mind Mm -hmm. which is very well known is a fantastic charity uh their website is a is an amazing amazing place it has so much information on such a variety of uh, mental illnesses and it, it, it it helps not just from a place of if you're suffering, but it also helps from a place if someone that you love is suffering. There's a lot of information and in how you can be supportive and all the rest of it. It's a, it's a wonderful resource. And they have a lot of drop-in centres around the country uh, that have people that can help you there. Um, so if you're like struggling, just have a look. Have a look. Um, mine's a great, like I say, a great place to start. Give them a ring and they can help you um, uh, point you in a, in a right direction of that kind of thing like the therapy that I just had recently um, is technically NHS but actually it's not traditional NHS like route so you normally get kind of between six and 12 sessions of therapy it's usually CBT which means um, cognitive behavioral behave, behavioral I can't say that word Behavior. therapy thank you behavioral therapy which is all about looking at like your habits and your patterns and trying to change things and change the way your brain sees things um to kind of you know make your life better and that's great but it's very surface level so if you're dealing with like a chronic issue like you know that water's good and food's good and exercise is good and all the rest of it um but you need to go deeper than that um like you know and so for me i just i just not long ago round finished off um 48 week trauma therapy um and 48 weeks is like it's a year yeah (laughs) essentially like it is unheard of um and that was with a company called safeline um and they are uk based and it was all over zoom and i do believe and that's that's specifically trauma therapy and i do believe you can self-refer to them as well so Mm -hmm. there are services like this that you that you can have um and you know like if if you have some money then you could look at private therapy mm-hmm. it's extremely expensive but you know we all have different budgets so if you're listening to this and i don't mean like money isn't an object but say like you've got a, a really well paying job mm-hmm. you can you know get a private therapist or a private counselor or you can use one of the apps 
um, things like, is it called Better Help, I think, which is is therapist, they match you with a therapist. Um, it is paid, but it's less yes, expensive. I think it's Better Help. There's a few different ones. Um, so they'll match you with a therapist and it is, you do pay for it, but it is a lot cheaper than kind of a week on week in person, better help. Yeah. Um, therapist. So there's lots of places to start with getting treatment and getting help. Um, if this is kind of a brand new thing that you're facing and by brand new, I mean, like you're facing it for the first time, not that it hasn't been affecting you, but you've kind of gone enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has to be that has to be the place you start is seeking medical help and turning to the the um, your support network. If you are fortunate enough to have one, turning to family and friends and being like, "I'm not okay. Like this is going on. I I don't know why, how, whatever, but you know, I'm going to need some support. I'm going to need some help." Yeah. Um. That is that's the first place to start. What about what would you say? Yeah, no, I think every everything you said is like pure gold. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the things that you have to, because the biggest barrier in 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 getting better in any way is two you? things really, which is <laughs> is acknowledging mm-hmm. that something is wrong, yeah, and that this is not normal, mm-hmm. um, and also finding just that little crumb inside you that says that this can get better, yeah. Because either it hasn't always been like this, or you see other people not, you know, struggling with these things. And yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I'm very much gonna generalize here, but like, I do know that when it comes to counselling and getting help and all that kind of stuff, like, it tends to be men that are really resistant to that kind of thing because it feels like this sort of, it, it just feels like weakness to to go and sit next yeah, to the societal like, oh, pressure okay. telling you that you have to be strong all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the hands down best things I ever did with my life was to go to therapy mm-hmm. um, or counseling or whatever it is you want to call it. Like they're essentially synonymous, although I'm, I'm pretty sure someone might argue. Um, it's to do with qualifications, but yeah. Yeah. But like I, I first went counseling when I was 25 or 26. Um, and there was a lot of like stuff going on. One of the things was like, I was a new father. There was a lot of like job pressures and everything else. And just, I wasn't, like, I, I know that I'm a very um, upbeat, bubbly kind of guy. And there was just none of that. And it was just it was just all a bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough that where I worked at the time, they offered free sessions. Obviously, you had to apply and go through a process. But they gave you sort of like six weeks of um, counselling. And I went along. And my first session, I sat opposite this very, very lovely um, older man. And after like an hour of talking to him and kind of like saying all the things that I thought were the problem, which didn't turn out to be the problem. Never is. Um, <laughs> he kind of sat there and was like, okay, well, we'll see you next week. And I was like, but you're not telling me how to fix it. Yeah. And like, for anyone who wonders what that experience is like, like they, mm-hmm. counselors aren't there to tell you what to do. They are there because talking out loud, acknowledging your problems and having people ask just the right questions. Mm-hmm is the most powerful thing you can do because you have to come to these conclusions. You have to discover these yeah. things yourself. And like to have someone who is independent on your life, on the people in your life, on the circumstances who has seen what other people go through and kind of knows the breadth of human experience mm-hmm. is so, like infinitely beneficial. And there've been a few times, like, you know, again, like I've made no secret of like the fact it's been quite a rocky couple of years with like circumstances and stuff for myself. Like I've moved a fair few times for reasons. Yeah. Um, and I, I did get to the point where like six free 
things weren't enough. So I started yeah. singing to see a counselor. Um, and she was absolutely fantastic again. Like I, it, I kind of compare counseling to going to the gym for your mind mm -hmm. um, because like, it, obviously it's not about physical strength, but if you can't like your mind is one of the biggest influences of everything that you do in your life. It is at the pinnacle of everything. Like nothing works without your mind working really. No, it's the filter um, you see everything through. Yeah. So why, and I know why, so like, I'm, this isn't meant to be a provocative question, but why people don't spend more time trying to learn about how they think, how they work, you know, sort of, uh, I hate the word limitations, but kind of like the, the boundaries of, of mm -hmm. what you are and who you are in your genetic makeup. Like yep. it just, it just, it doesn't make everything easy, but it makes everything easier. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like acknowledging that something will get better and something is bad. Um, and similarly with my fingers, like I, there were a good few months where like I was, I was talking to Sasha at the time and I told her that my fingers decided to hurt. Um, but I didn't do anything about it. I just carried on as I pushed was through, pushed through, pushed through. And now I'm at the point where I've got a chronic condition that again, like there are fixes to it once we've diagnosed what it is, but like, it's not nice. Um, no. so yeah, acknowledging where you are and kind of, so something I came across at some point in the last few years, um, is what I now kind of call the happiness formula. Mm. Um, which I think plays into a lot of this because happiness in this context isn't joy and bubbles and bounding and skipping gaily and all that kind of stuff. It's not like for, for me, happiness, happiness isn't an overt feeling. It's a place of contentment. Mm. It's a place in which you don't need or want. Um, and obviously that, that, that is very, very Zen in, in its thinking, but like the happiness formula for me is happiness equals reality over expectation. Mm -hmm. so where unhappiness comes from is when what you wish were true and what you are experiencing don't align yes so you could argue that depression might come from that place in which you're like well i like things should be here like things should be good with the job and with the partner and with this but you're in a place where things aren't going well and so that the the bigger the gap between those two the more unhappy arguably become so mm -hmm. trying to realign your expectations and again acknowledge that this is the reality this yeah. is what's going on. And this is again, like something that I've been going through the last few weeks with like, uh, my personal situation, also like the amount of work that I can do and the type of work I can do mm -hmm. as I've started to come to terms with some of my limitations and those have started to align. Yes. I then bring myself into a place in which I can create action plans and look at like what feasible steps are to keep moving forward while also acknowledging the fact that like, you know, I can still try to get better, but like, you know, there are these kind of limitations at the minute. So, um, that's quite big for me. It's just, and it, it's, it's so difficult, especially over like a podcast to say this, like to express methods to mm -hmm. a problem, because like, if you've got like a real problem, you really don't want to admit it because like no. everything, you know, everything changes in some fashion for yeah. better or worse, arguably like it's not going to be of the biggest change depending on, on the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can really like, just take a second, stop, breathe, as much as <laughs> that's useful advice, um, <laughs> which kind of kind of brings us into you know mindfulness as a practice, yeah, and how that can help with calming down. And before I kind of go into that, I'll hand the mic back to you. I don't know if there's anything you want to add to. Well, I think like a lot of what you just said is incredibly valid um, in regards to um, mental health as well. Um, I mean, I know obviously you were speaking from a place of mental health for a lot of it, but. Um, in regards to um, trauma specifically, 
you were talking about uh, reality, the you know expectation versus reality, and, and that's we are told we should have. Yeah, and and that's a lot of where trauma comes from as well. Like if you are put in a situation, um, whether it is you know an accident or someone, um, I'm trying to put this delicately, um, something happening to you that mm-hmm. fundamentally should not happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, your brain splits in that moment because basically this shouldn't be happening but it is happening and your brain tries to protect you and often you'll like there's a lot of there's a there's a reason why a lot of kind of um sexual assault and rape survivors talk about leaving their body Mm -hmm. your brain literally checks out and then it's trying to the hard work is then trying to piece that back together because it's horrific because why would you want to um you know it's for me huge portions of my childhood I can't remember huge years like that are gone um because you know I was just dissociated dissociated most of the time because it was just horrific Mm -hmm. um and it's about it is about kind of trying to bring bring all pieces of yourself back onto the island of you know of of you and and saying you know what it shouldn't have happened that is that's a fact it should not have happened Mm -hmm. but it did and when you can get to the point of of just saying that in a place of acceptance and not in a place of I don't mean like you know yeah like I don't mean in a place of like kumbaya all of that bullshit no like it happened it should not have happened but it did that's when you can start to move forward and like that was one of the things that I really got from um, trauma therapy because I was always kind of it's it was drummed into me from just multiple sources that you know forgiveness is for you not for the other person mm-hmm. um when it comes to these big things but like at the same time saying like you can't get better until you forgive someone it's putting a lot of onus on the victim to you know forgive these heinous unforgivable acts a lot of the time mm-hmm. um and so kind of moving through that and going oh actually i can just accept that it happened like in in that you know in like the grief acceptance not like a it, it was fine that it happened yeah um and i don't have to go on this huge like journey of forgiveness of these other people that did these horrible things um I can just move forward with my life and everything by just saying, okay, it happened. Mm -hmm. And I also refuse to attribute any success because that's something, you know, when people are like, everything happens for a reason. And um, if, if those things hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be who I am today. And it's like, no, you are who you are because of how you reacted, Mm -hmm. not because of what happened to you. Like that was inside you the whole time. Like you are where you are now because of the strength that, is in you and that has always been in you and that came out in the moments that you needed it it has nothing to do with the arseholes that put you through hell like don't attribute any fucking success to those people because they don't deserve it and you are worth so much more than giving part of your like power and your like soul and anything to like your perpetrators so i just wanted to kind of i have very strong opinions on that yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to put the link for that um, music video because I do think that was very, very relevant to a lot of this conversation. Um, 
but yeah, let's move a little into sort of the practicalities of mm -hmm. trying to work while you have these things. So obviously, like first and foremost, really do try and acknowledge it. See if you can like diagnose it in some way. Um, and then once you've done that kind of stuff and you want to write, like, because again, like with, with my condition at the minute, it's very difficult to write for as long as I used to. Like I was cranking easily anywhere between 5,000 and 10,000 words a day at my peak. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'll be lucky if I'm doing that in a week just because yeah. of like, there's there's kind of like an inherent fear now of, of typing too much just because obviously I know what that, that can do. Mm -hmm. um, and so ways to come around and, and conquer these problems, especially that if we talk sort of the physical side in a minute, um, although I think it kind of applies to both, is you have to almost in a way start from zero and begin experimenting with mm -hmm. your limitations and what you can and can't do and just testing different things, testing the waters, trying new methods. And one of the benefits of the, the current time that we live in is that, you know, there's information everywhere. There yep. are blogs, there are vlogs, there are courses, there are experts quote um mm -hmm. and all lots of information out there so obviously you have to sift through the weeds and find stuff that's going to work for you but like i i ended up so i've also um got chronic knee conditions i've got um oh what's it called is it chondromalacia patella no that's, that's what i have no i can't uh, remember if it was the same what's the big tendon behind your knee um are you talking about the oh i've got mild patellitis Okay. The um mildly just from all the parkour and free running that i did and one of like i got to a point when i was sort of i don't know like 21 22 where i was like i couldn't walk down the stairs without my knee swelling up um mm. like they were just filled with fluid all the time from like minor exercises and stuff and so i stopped i stopped for like a year and a half two years doing pretty much any exercise and then i came across a running program that i started to basically follow where like anytime I used to try and run, it was like, okay, let's try and run. Right, let's do 2K with no training. Yeah. Um, and I followed this program and I still have it on my phone now that I use it every now and then. But like I followed it. It was very small incremental things. It was over like a 12 week period. And I ran further than I'd ever run before. I ran more confidently. I ran without pain. And actually that pain that was there a lot of the time um, went completely. Mm -hmm. um, friend of mine, podcaster, the, the mind behind this is horror, uh, Michael David Wilson. He had a lot of, um, I can't remember exactly what a lot of the, the problems was, but he had a lot of health problems um, that were just holding him back. Like he was very, uh, oh, I cannot remember what it was now. It's really going to annoy me. Um, but he found like experimenting with a bunch of different changes in diet and finding mm -hmm. one that like just out of nowhere cured a lot of what was wrong with him. And we're yeah, not- it's incredible. Cures. No, um, Jesus, no. No, but like this, this, uh, for want of a better word, just fearlessness to experiment and to try different things Yeah, um, can also apply to your writing. So, you know, I've now got a brand new keyboard that's all like ergonomic. Mm -hmm. I've got a, a mouse, which is permanently sideways to help with like positioning of the wrist. Um, I've got compression gloves. I've got like different ointments and things that I kind of use for, for pain management and stuff until I can get a proper diagnosis. But all of these things have eased some of the pain somewhat enough to be able to carry on and do stuff. Mm -hmm. um it, it still doesn't mean like i'm fixed but it helps manage it and i you know I'm, i try things just to see if they'll work and i'll try them for a good while if they don't work then peel back like, something else yeah and i'm gonna so one of the things that really pisses me off as someone that suffers um with mental illness is that because it's kind of um it's pervasive in my life and it's you know 
it's every day and it, it's it's just it's part of kind of you know who I am um is that people who don't suffer in that way or haven't suffered um will often you know recite the commandments back to you so you know moving getting outside um hydration hydration nutrition sleep and all valid advice all completely valid right all of these things play a huge part in our physical and mental health there is no denying it it's just the issue for me is when people are like have you had a glass of water it's like yes sandra i had a glass of water and somehow it hasn't you know changed the fact that i was abused as a child it's so weird um but like I do. So that being said, I just want to touch on nutrition in particular for a second, because it is huge. It really is. And when you're in a place that you can, and I think that's key, right? Like when I'm when I'm going through like extended periods, cooking is out of the question. It's too much. It's too much for me. So I don't do it. I, you know, I will um, either reach for whatever's nearest to me and it's it's not healthy for my body but in that moment it's healthier for me to do that than to try and push myself further because there are there are priorities in my life that are always going to be there my son for example so if you know me having a bag of crisps instead of cooking a dinner or a lunch for myself is going to mean that I can be there for him I'm going to take that every time and I think it's important to understand like real life is not is never going to be um like a a tick box exercise like it would be lovely but it isn't um (laughs) but like if you are in a place um, where you can do these things nutrition is is really incredibly powerful and there is a book called how not to die by dr gregory somebody and it is incredible um it does it does promote very much a i think dan's got it yeah there it is michael gregor that's it yeah um i'm not ready yet it's a it's, in, it's book. In, yeah it's incredible and the reason it's so big is that he um actually breaks it down into different kind of um so diabetes inflammatory diseases that kind of thing and there's recipes and ideas and all that kind of stuff and it it is very much promoting a um plant-based lifestyle or veganism um i'm not a vegan i'm a meat eater um but there is a lot to be said for nutrition and actually like there's a lot of science in that book about how he's taken people um that have like really incredibly like diabetes and heart disease and has taken them into almost complete remission with just like six months eating like really kind of from the earth not processed all that kind of stuff yes um and obviously these it's it's very extreme and it's any it's not easy but it's easy to do those things if you're in like a special place where there is a doctor looking over you and the meals are given to you like I say that's not real life but just just looking at at certain things and tweaking a thing here or there it can have a huge impact um so yeah when you're in the place what I often do is when like if I'm if I'm having a good couple of days is I will um I'll batch cook I'll meal prep um so I'll have most of the time I'll have like a good four or five um like Tupperware pots of spaghetti bolognese, chili con carne, soups, stews, anything that like you can make in a big batch in the freezer so that when I am going through a hard time, I can know I can still feed myself and my son with the nutritious food mm-hmm. that I have made. Um, and, you know, I'm not like, breaking the bank by getting like takeaways and things like that. So it's it's about finding workarounds and nutrition is really important. Um, 
you know your body needs fuel um it is very important uh, as is sleep which is really annoying when you are uh, constantly suffering with insomnia but yeah and it you know it's good for your mental health but it's obviously incredibly valid for physical health as well so a hundred percent well that's really part of the reason and it seems like nepotism but it's part of the reason that like my sister is involved with activated authors because she's a yeah you know qualified nutritionist yeah and she's um, awesome yeah and she jumps over on slack and she'll like give tidbits of advice and you know offers discounts to our guys to, to work with her but mm-hmm. like you're right like food food well the fundamental things are sleep uh nutrition exercise water um and they're those kind of cliches that are always spouted at us until they're just you know they fall on deaf ears but like when when you have these problems what's the first thing that goes it's your sleep and because you don't sleep well you then start to reach for the comfort foods like the sugary foods and you know you then caffeine and caffeine and you drink less water and like because of that your body then spirals into to worse and worse and mm-hmm. again that's not that's not judgment like we've all we've all been there like it yeah i live there <laughs> yeah but like when i'm in like a really low area i do really try to consciously and it doesn't always work sometimes i'll just slam a pizza in but like i will have those moments where i'm like i know that this choice because it is a choice it's a hard choice but this choice could impact how i feel tomorrow Mm-hmm. um it's one of the reasons that i've really gone off drinking like is yeah like i know I... that whatever fun and whatever it is like loosening of inhibitions that happens that night when you're drinking and you know like someone once said um when you drink alcohol at night you're borrowing happiness from tomorrow <laughs> and you do you wake up with a fucking hangover and like one cider now will just it will affect me and so i, I got a hangover I'm too strong though do you remember <laughs> <laughs> and i i'll have like a whiskey now and then um mm-hmm. i really try not to overdo it anymore just yeah, you have one though don't you you'll literally just sit with one like one oh yeah happy yeah um so yeah like all of this stuff all of like the basic functions to, to get your body working um and then something that you've mentioned a few times which is critical is like support systems and yeah community and for the first time i'm not going to plug like activate all this community but like whatever your community is that you need to have people around you to support you to say like, you know, we're here and we get it. And like, mm-hmm. if you need us, we can help. Um, you don't want someone who's overbearing. You don't want people that are just going to ignore you. Like you cry for help. Like, or you make just, it about them. Or make it about them. Oh my God, make it about them. I'm feeling like mm-hmm. this. I felt like this for like three. Uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe, okay, cool. Maybe you have Susan, but like at the minute, like <laughs> can we, t- can we take it in turns? Yeah. Um, so having, having people around you um, and, it, it, it might not even be people in real life. It might not be people that be people around the corner. Like uh, I've, I was um, exploring a lot this morning, sort of how writers use Twitch and looking into Twitch in general. And like one of the things that I saw on there was people that go on Twitch just to watch people because they live alone and they just want to have mm-hmm. company and, you know, feel a part of something. Yeah. Um, and there's so many sort of uh, scientific studies that prove about how impactful community can be. And just like, it know, actually extends people. your life. It does. It does. People who live in communities will live longer than people who live in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to want to withdraw with when things start getting difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there so many times. Yeah, it is not the right way to go as you know, much as you probably disagree in the moment. But like, just try and find that one person that you can trust that one person to say help to you. And I, I said it last week, or it might have been the week before of like, you know, help is one of the bravest and most courageous things. That you oh can my do. God. It's yeah. Like there is, there is nothing stronger than opening your chest, like than being vulnerable. 
and saying, I need help. And I can't remember who said this to me, but it really reframed the way I looked at asking for help because, you know, through a lot of my life, authority figures or people in positions of power that should have helped me didn't. They used that power in the wrong way. Um, and so it has understandably left me with trust issues and a lot of um, questioning around authority. But actually, I've oh, completely sorry. I just I, I just mildly triggered myself, and I, my train of thought dissipated a second. Hold on. Yeah. I was talking about reaching for help. Yes, that's it. Um, and so. You know, when I get into when I feel vulnerable or anything, I shut off, especially from people that like are supposed to help me because I don't trust that they can. Um, I don't want to be a burden on my friends or my family, um, all of that kind of, you know, pervasive kind of thinking that a lot of us go through um, when we are in um, turmoil, whether that's physical, mental or both. Um, that that tape starts playing. And I remember I was in. Um, I think it was therapy either that or speaking to a good friend I can't remember but um they said to me that oh Jesus Christ what has happened to your I, camera I do wow. not know <laughs> <That's> incredible <laughs> you just turned into some kind of like deity yeah I apologize uh to people that are listening and not what I mean I apologize to people that are watching but if you yeah my camera just went really yellow really bizarre yeah. Yeah. um but they said to me that if your best friend or your mm. son daughter sister brother whoever was going through hell and you found out about it a year later how would that make you feel wouldn't you want to help them wouldn't that be like almost an act of service from them to allow you to be there to like you know if if you know if just think about the person that's you are closest to if they went through something horrific and they never told you and you could never be there for them and then you found out about it it wouldn't feel great because you love that person and you want to help them you want them to be okay and so like actually allowing people to be there for you is an incredible act of service on your part as well they want to be there for you it's not a burden and in fact like it's it's a it's a lot harder for them to find out that you've been through this and and they weren't there because they don't want you to be alone in this mm -hmm. and so actually instead of going like oh i'm going to be a pain no like you give them the option yeah and then <laughs> don't berate someone who hasn't reached out to you sooner your camera's in that thing no i don't know what is going on i've no idea but yeah like in that moment if someone's reaching out to you like just pause it's not about you it's not about what's happened before like take yeah. that moment move forward because like the worst thing you can do is be like why didn't you come to me sooner i've been there like we did that just no just no you've come to me with a thing all right yeah let Thank me you. listen because yes. you really need to talk meet them where they're at mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and that's again like something very powerful that counseling teaches you i do think counseling is kind of like what pushed me towards a lot of like the coaching side of things because oh, it's incredible it shows you how to like ask the right questions and like mm -hmm. most people know the answers but they're looking for you to give them something that they know not to be true yeah which is bizarre um so yeah community support systems reach out um you know some like i will add as well like sometimes if i'm ever in a, an episode sometimes i need the downtime 
Mm-hmm. It's between knowing when you need it and when it's becoming a problem. Yeah, so, and that's where knowing yourself comes into it. Um, kind of, and that takes time. Sorry, but that that takes yeah. time as well. Like, yeah, just um, kindness to yourself. <laughs> Sorry, well, that, no, that was the last point. Like, be kind to yourself. Like, yeah, I think the one of the most challenging things we kind of touched on earlier um, to get to grips with in life is that life isn't fair and it isn't there for you. Like life, mm-hmm. life is just what happens. Like we are who we are. We go through life. Like, yeah, I like, <laughs> I sound like a real cynic, but like, I don't believe in destiny. I don't believe in any of that. Like we are here, we do the things life happens and we choose how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, and because of how we're raised in this very sort of narrow tunnel on what life should be, especially for us as, you know, speaking to me and you're like white Western, mm-hmm. yeah. Anglian people. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a very, very different experience to the rest of the world, to like yeah. the US, to Russia, to India, to China, to Australia. Like mm-hmm. life life is different on the whole spectrum. And like there isn't a life should be this. Like life just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and so once you start to open yourself up to that and realize that, like, okay, like I am in control of how I respond to things and how I move forward, um, I can seek the help that I need like maybe I do have these chronic conditions it's not my fault but it's a thing that I have to deal with and mm-hmm. not only that but I'm not alone because like there are likely hundreds of thousands of other people suffering with things that you're suffering with like I'm not the, the first person in the world to get like whatever is wrong with my fingers um you're not the first person to have CPTSD and EID and all the other things as well um yeah. and like there's a weird kind of comfort in that if yeah you... because there's people that have not only like you know lived through similar experiences but have lived longer than you which means that they have coping strategies that they've learnt um that they can impart on you i mean obviously like as long as they're healthy i'm talking about people that have been in treatment and all that kind of thing and that you might not have have, have thought of um and it's also just sometimes the most powerful thing you can hear other than that sucks i'm sorry is someone saying i've been there i understand mm-hmm. you're not crazy yeah then yeah. you can find a way mm-hmm. there right. is a path there is a there's a way yes um yeah i've uh we'll, we'll pop some of the resources and things mm-hmm. we've spoken about better help mind that kind of stuff um i'll put the link to the music video in the chat as well i might also put there's a another video that goes very very nicely along with it and i won't say anything on it but people can see why um but yeah i guess that brings us around to the end of this episode it has been a heavy one so obviously take time to digest it if mm-hmm. you know, we have triggered anything if you're sort of worried about anything like feel like reach out to your support network mm-hmm. um and just know that like we're with you yeah and that you know you can absolutely write you can absolutely create it's just Your about way. yeah it's just about finding like Dan says, your way to do it and about finding your own healthy coping mechanisms and strategies. And just very quickly, that's one of the reasons why we kind of haven't gone massively into, you can try this and this and this because it's so individualized, it's so personal and it's unfortunately and kind of bullshit that you have to find those things for yourself. Um, But yeah, there it is. (laughs) And just yeah be be kind to yourself you are not on your own there are um so many resources paths and ways that you can you can carry on there it is 
Okie doke. I'm not going to promote any of our resources because I feel no. like it's a bit whiplash on, uh, mm-hmm. on outside of things. But you know where we are if you want us. Um, we will say to close off a massive thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week. And as always, if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career, find both myself and Sam and all of the Activated Authors gang at activatedauthors.com where, and the rest of that spiel is now moot because I said it too early. But we will say <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Activate your energy.